Member Maker is brought to you by MemberSpace. MemberSpace makes it easy to run a membership business by plugging into your existing website so you can protect any page content you choose. Your members can also sign up and manage their account without ever leaving your site. Learn more and start a free trial at memberspace.com. Welcome to Member Maker, a podcast about how to build a sustainable membership business. I'm your host, Ward Sandler, the co-founder of MemberSpace. Today, I'll be chatting with Mike Morrison, co-founder of The Membership Guys, about the journey from consulting to building their own membership business, how they use Facebook groups to generate leads, and the importance of creating high-quality content to stay competitive. Hey there, Mike. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to talking memberships. Yeah. So for those listening, let everybody know what does your business do and who you're trying to help? Yes. So I'm one half of the membership guys. We teach influencers and experts how to start and grow a successful membership website. And we do that via our free content, podcast resources that we share through our membership guys website. And we also have a membership site about membership sites. We like to keep it meta and that's called Membership Academy. And this is this is all we do. We eat, sleep, breathe memberships. Very cool. You're very uh, uh, the exact right guest for this podcast. Um, <laughs> so, what kind of got you into that initially? Like, why why memberships? Why is that the focus? Well, you know, I think my first experiences in the online world, going back to like the late '90s, were all community based. They were all it was news boards, it was IRC chat rooms, and it was like the early days of online forums. So, I've always had an affinity to online communities, and as the years went on, like I'm, I'm self-taught in, in web development, graphic design, web design, all that sort of stuff, which I learned as a hobby online. So, you know, I, I've just got this natural affinity to online communities and e-learning. And so basically I, I started my own agency. Wow. Over 10 years ago now, I, I don't care to count beyond 10. 10 is a big enough number um, <laughs> to make me feel old. And just as the years went on, I was able to get more selective with the types of clients we work with, the types of projects we work with. So I was drawn to online communities and to e-learning projects because of the fact that you know I'd always kind of loved those types of businesses. And I started working with my my other half, my partner in the agency, and we just we became more and more niched to a point where the only types of clients we were working with were people who were running online membership businesses. So we were doing the tech, we were doing the design, we were doing the strategy, the marketing, the whole kit and caboodle. And we were really deeply entrenched in a, a bunch of memberships that became very, very successful. And essentially, through word of mouth and through the fact that there weren't that many people really just 100% focused on memberships, we found ourselves oversubscribed. Like more people needed our help than we were able to service one-on-one. And that led us into deciding to start publishing free content and ultimately to starting our membership site, which we've now transitioned completely away from client work into 100% having our membership as our business. That's pretty much the core thing. It's about 95% of what we do is just running our membership business. That's great. So what do you actually charge for people who want to be you want to be your, your customers at this point? Yeah, it's $49 a month or $450 per year. And it's been at that price point for three years now, 
possibly two or three years, two and a half years. Obviously, when you start out, it was a little cheaper. I think we started $29 for the launch promotion for two weeks, and then it was $39 for a year, and then we got up to 49 And I can't actually see it going any higher than that unless, you know, the economy goes absolutely bonkers, which could happen. Um, but, yeah, I think we're, we're kind of at that nice sweet spot, I think, in terms of our, our price point, 49 bucks. So what did you start at? Like, how did it evolve to get to that point? In terms of price? Yes. So when we very first launched back in, I think it was the end of August 2015, we obviously, you know, we're very firm believers that one of the best ways of getting that initial influx of members is to offer a no-brainer promotion during the first two weeks that you're open, so during your launch window. And so for us, that was offering our membership at $29 per month. It's a business-to-business membership. $29 per month is way down at the cheap end of things in terms of the, especially when compared to the value proposition. So it was available for $29 a month for anyone who signed up during our initial two weeks, after which it went up to $39 per month. So that enabled us to kind of leverage that price increase as almost a reverse discount because, you know, if someone's going to stay for two or three years, which actually a lot of people who joined during our launch uh, did, that's hundreds of dollars worth of savings, right? We kept it at $39 per month. So it was $39 a month, $350 a year. And um, I think we put the price of that up. I believe it was around August, September 2016. And we put it from $39 to $49. And it's been there ever since. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. Everything you've said so far. Let's go back in time a little bit, though. Back to when you were doing the, mm-hmm. the consulting and really focusing on e-learning projects, like you said. And at mm-hmm. that point, you had worked with a certain number of clients in the past, obviously. How did you transition to scaling that to the point where you said, okay, we can't take on any more one-on-one consulting? Like After you had enough clients coming in the door, how did you start to mm-hmm. scale that out in terms of content and traffic to the site? It was, it was slow at first. So honestly, we were perfectly happy running our agency. Like the fact that we'd enjoyed a certain amount of success with the agency, it meant that we didn't have any pain in the backside clients. We didn't have any any hassles. We had just a great bunch of clients. We had a lot of fun running the agency. We had no intention of of scaling it beyond that. It was very much a, a lifestyle business we enjoyed. But originally we were just kind of looking for somewhere to to send people to so that we didn't feel bad about turning people away, right? So we went out there. So if someone would email us and say, listen, I, I'd really love your help. I'd really love to pick your brains, but I can't afford to hire you. Can you help? We wanted to find a blog or a podcast or a Facebook group or a membership that we could say, okay, we can't help you out, but go speak to these guys, go consume their content and they'll take care of you. And we just couldn't find anything that we would put our stamp of approval on. I mean, even just only as far back as 2015, a lot of the stuff about memberships was very, very much rooted in the dodgy, dark days of old school internet marketing nonsense, you know, buy some rubbish private label right content, chuck it behind a, a, a shoddy membership plugin and charge $20 a month and then hope people forget about the fact that they're paying you. Like that was the quality of, of most of your advice out there. So yeah, we had, to, we had to make a decision. Do we just get used to saying no to people or do we start servicing those guys? We made a decision to, to start looking at ways of helping more people. But initially, we just didn't have the bandwidth. So we set up a Facebook group, a free Facebook group, and we just started sending people there. 
And then people would go into that group and they'd start asking questions. And we kind of figured after a while of just answering those questions in our kind of spare time that we should, like, it would just be just as easy to sit at the computer, get the microphone, and actually record the answer to those questions. And then go back at the Facebook group and say, hey, we've actually just done a podcast episode to answer the question you posted. So that's that's how we started in terms of creating content and growing that audience. We created somewhere for them to accumulate, somewhere for them to, to gather in terms of our free Facebook group. And then when they're in there, we start looking at the questions they were answering, and we use that to fuel content creation which was something that was manageable while we were still servicing clients. And then it was it was a case of just gradually transitioning over and gradually giving more time to the content creation process. And, you know, to do that, we almost treated ourselves as though we were a client. So we would block out time in our diary in the same way we would if it was an important client needed work done in order to focus on producing the podcast, putting out blogs, you know, implementing something to generate leads. And it was a balancing act initially, but we built up a good amount of momentum faster than we thought we would do once we started really kind of putting up, putting our foot down in terms of like well, putting our foot on the gas in terms of content creation and, and um, lead gen. And um, yeah, just the, the balance swayed more towards the membership. And then we, we stopped taking on clients. We wrapped things up with our ongoing like retainer agreements, and uh, yeah, we went all in with the membership. Great, yeah, no, I think that there's a lot of good gems in there. Uh, something especially that stood out was the idea of listening to what people are already asking and then answering that in a way that can be recycled, repurposed, reused in in multiple ways. So podcasts, blog posts, etc. I assume you probably repurpose some of that, turn into courses and things like that. Absolutely. I mean, ultimately, we're a content business, so we use free content to sell paid content. And our entire approach has been just centered around answering questions. Like in the same way that, you know, the old ads with Apple, where they ran the whole campaign of there's an app for that. So any possible situation, there's an app for that. We wanted a similar thing of any possible question or problem related to memberships, there's a podcast for that. There's a blog for that. Like we wanted every piece of content we put out there to be the answer to a question about memberships. And in that way, our content base is ridiculously evergreen. People will go into our Facebook group today and ask a question, and we're up to about 13,000, 14,000 in our Facebook group now. People go in there and ask a question, and our audience, people who've been around us for a little while, they'll post as an answer a link to a podcast episode I did in 2016. And that obviously fuels so much of our audience growth, our email list growth, and of course, our paying member growth. That's great. And do you, since these podcasts, uh, obviously the podcast is one thing, but then a blog post is another. Do you constantly update or edit these posts or the podcast, or is it just kind of you do a good job and then just kind of leave it? There's some topics that we revisit in terms of the podcast. If things have changed or, you know, we've had if trends have moved in a different direction, but honestly, things don't move that fast really tactics gimmicks software that can change but ultimately strategy and and sound practices doesn't really change so we don't have to regularly update things what we do do and in you mentioned repurposing before one of the ways we do that is twice a year we do a little run of from the vault episodes 
which is where we just go back into the archives. We pick up three podcast episodes, either on a specific theme or maybe topics that are really important subjects, but maybe it's been two or three years since we last covered them. And then we just, we kind of almost bump those back to the top of our audience's awareness. And in doing that, Often, you know, when we tag and tail the podcast episode, we'll add any new thinking to that. When we update the show notes, maybe we'll turn it into a blog post and we'll we'll enhance it in that way. So we're always kind of looking for ways of doing that. But again, it's less a case of, oh, well, this, this is out of date. Because actually, yeah, sound business strategy, whether it's in the membership space or elsewhere, generally doesn't go out of date. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So when you were doing the Facebook group as sort of your first attempt at helping the masses, if you if you will, um, <laughs> how did you grow it from there, right? So that was basically people who were trying to consult with you. If you did not have the bandwidth, you would say, hey, check out this Facebook group. We answer questions there. Yeah. And then you would repurpose those questions to create a podcast and, and blog posts. But did that just organically grow by people sharing it or was there something else there it kind of did yeah so it became this kind of like self-feeding thing so um, the podcast was amazing for discoverability we just started reaching people from all over the place because even today there's there's more podcasts in the membership space and that's fantastic because a rising tide lifts all boats and all that sort of stuff but back then there wasn't and so the podcast was we knew it would go well, but it went even better than we would have thought in terms of expanding our audience. And the call to action, or every episode has a call to action to sell the membership right at the end of it. But throughout the episode, I'd, I'd regularly make reference to our Facebook group. And I set up a, a URL that would make it easy for someone to hear it on the podcast episode and just go straight to it. Because obviously we say, okay, check out our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash 3792. Like that's not going to happen. So I bought talkmemberships.com. And so anytime I, I reference that on a podcast episode, I kind of say, you know, I'd love to know your thoughts. Head on over to talkmemberships.com. That'll take you to our free Facebook group. And we'll be in there talking more about this topic. That then created that little, that little cycle. So the Facebook group got its first momentum from us just essentially manually telling people to go there. Literally anyone who ever asked us a question, we sent them there. They gave us the, the the fuel to create the podcast episodes. The podcast then went out to corners of the internet and we used the podcast to then pull more people into the Facebook group. And that that just nicely ticked over and 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 grew and grew and grew. Now this was all happening as we were we were still we, we didn't know whether making a move into just running a membership in this space rather than doing clients was something that we'd be able to go all in on so it was still very early days and so this was kind of taken away in the background but when we decided we were going to go all in the other thing that we did which which bolstered the facebook group a bit was we ran a, a free 30-day challenge as part of the build-up to our launch of the membership so it was build your membership in 30 days and it was an email a day that was supported by discussion inside the facebook group so that gave that gave a real tangible reason to get into the group as well and um yeah that kind of groundswell sort of carried us forward from there yeah, no, I think that that makes a lot of sense. It really was organic. It sounds like it was very altruistic mm. in the beginning, trying to just help people for help's sake, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, from there, you realize that, okay, there is actually a business opportunity here. Mm. 
Yeah, definitely. Because the thing is, we weren't coming into this looking for how can we make money out of this market because we were already making money out of this market. And we were making good money out of this market doing work that we enjoyed. So there wasn't that driving force of, okay, we need to find a way of monetizing this interest in memberships. That was secondary to that <laughs> that original thing of, okay, do we leave these guys to their own devices or do we try and help more people and yeah the we're english we're polite you know it's it's impolite to say no sorry dude you're on your own so yeah the altruism won out (laughs) yeah so real quick before we wrap up what are some challenges you'd say that the business has had that you've had to overcome there's definitely been increasing competition which presents its own challenges mainly just in in ensuring that we don't get complacent it's not really a challenge as such. It's just every now and then we we have to give ourselves that little kick up the backside to remember, you know, yeah, okay, so things are going well. Podcasts is really one of the most popular in the space. Books selling well, memberships going well, but we can't ever take that for granted. So yeah, that's that's something we're always mindful of. We've had some very specific challenges, like the night before we launched <laughs> the the membership. The hard drive that we had half of our courses on corrupted and we lost all that material. And so uh, my partner, Callie, the other membership guy, I had to like re-record all that stuff overnight, like till like 6 a.m. with no sleep. So, you know, we've had bumps in the road like that. But other than that, honestly, it's it's kind of been pretty smooth sailing so far and i think a lot of that is because we have that unfair advantage of having worked so closely with so many different memberships before venturing into it ourselves what i would say the one thing that we took kind of took for granted was how much time it takes to create content for your membership because that was the part of the process we were very rarely involved in with our clients that was the that was their bit we did everything else. They went away and they created the content. So we learned very early on that that takes like two or three times longer than you think it's going to take. And all those times we complained about how long our clients were taking to to get their content ready for us to do our thing. We instantly kind of had to eat humble pie on that. Yeah. And I think the key here is to create high quality content, it takes time. Mm-hmm. And Obviously, there's no reason to be creating content, really, if it's not high quality, because what's the point? People people don't want to pay for that. <laughs> exactly. It's, you know, I think I think people get too focused on the content, on the on the volume. But it's remembering people don't join memberships for stuff. They don't join just for the content. They join because they've got a problem they want to have solved, an outcome they're seeking, a goal they're trying to reach, a journey they're on, a transformation they want to undergo. And it's they're not joining because you have 33 courses and your competitors got 32 but far too many people focus on that so you're exactly you're exactly right there's no point creating content if it doesn't solve your members problems if it doesn't help them achieve those goals um, or serve their needs and in order to do that it's going to have to be high quality too many people just churn out rubbish just so they can tick that box and say hey i lived up to my obligation of giving you one new piece of content every month okay well i you know, I'd, I'd rather you just give me one bit of content every year that was good instead of like one new thing a month that absolutely sucks. So yeah, it's it's definitely an important distinction to make. 
Yeah. So in closing here, Mike, are there any resources aside from your own, which we'll mention in a second, um, are there <laughs> any resources, books, podcasts, courses that you recommend for people uh, that want to learn more about membership businesses? Yeah, I'm a very big fan of this book. I'm sure it's been mentioned on, on the show before, The Membership Economy by Robbie Kelman Baxter. It's a fantastic book. It's Robbie kind of comes from like the Netflix world. She was involved in helping Netflix get their kind of member retention programs and stuff in place. And it's a it's a real, real good primer on the difference in mindset that is needed to make a membership successful versus making another type of business successful. So I think that's almost essential reading for anyone who is even thinking of getting into the membership or subscription space. Great. Yeah, I've heard that one, uh, I think, once before. So yeah, what can people do who want to learn more about you and your business, Mike? Uh, yeah, best place to go is TheMembershipGuys.com. We've got a whole bunch of free content, free resources on there. You'll also find links to our membership about memberships and our free Facebook group and all that good stuff. Excellent. Well, thanks for the time, Mike. My absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. There's a direct link in the show notes. We really appreciate it. MemberMaker is brought to you by MemberSpace. MemberSpace makes it easy to run a membership business by plugging into your existing website so you can protect any page content you choose. Your members can also sign up and manage their account without ever leaving your site. Learn more and start a free trial at memberspace.com.